Hello there, this is Benny. And this is Kyle. And you're listening to The Doctor's Watcher. The outer space podcast about every episode of Doctor Who. Yes, I mean like, doesn't everything take place in outer space when you think about it? Like planets are in outer space. Yeah, like you zoom out far enough, everything's in outer space. Yeah, if you think about things hard enough, they lose all meaning. (laughs) (laughs) So Kyle, um... One of the things that I've been meaning to catch up with you about is um, this episode is recorded shortly after um, May the 4th. Today is May 6th, which is sometimes called Revenge of the 6th, although some people say Revenge of the 5th because that comes right after May the 4th for May the 4th right. be with you. And I always thought it was funny that the Sith can't decide what day to have their day on. It seems like a very <laughs> Sith-like thing to do to fight amongst themselves about it. Is it that they can't decide or, or that they want two days? Oh, man, there you go. Uh, that works, too. So for May the 4th, they released some videos. So on Disney+, Plus, they have this animated anthology series, I guess, called Star Wars Visions, and they released the second season of that. And my partner and I just finished watching them, and I wanted to say, Kyle, they are all really good. Um, I mean, maybe there's one or two that are maybe not as high quality as the others, but this time around, I really thought that they were all, or almost all, really, really good. And some of them are just fantastic. So I wanted to recommend it to you, Kyle, and to our listeners to check these out. They're all quite short. Uh, I think the longest one's about like 20 minutes long, and most of them are like 15. Oh, cool. Um, So you can, you know, binge the whole thing in a night or just watch a a couple episodes here and there. Or if you have a few minutes to spare, just do one. Yeah, one of the episodes is by Cartoon Saloon, which is the studio behind The Secret of Kells and The Song of the Sea and Wolfwalkers, which are just these gorgeous, gorgeous uh, animated movies, which I adore. They're an Irish studio, Cartoon Saloon, um, and all their stuff is inspired by Irish culture and folklore and stuff, and including this Star Wars episode, which I oh, thought nice. was really interesting. Um, and their animation style is just gorgeous, just absolutely gorgeous. And there's an episode by Ardman Animation, uh, known for the for being the studio behind chicken run and wallace and gromit and so that one's really cute and charming cool. and it, it is genuinely in stop motion so oh that's awesome uh, i love that's that. really fun and and there's a another episode that's by studio mir um who are the ones who animated like avatar the last airbender and legend of korra and voltron legendary defender so they're nice. one of the best 2D animation studios in the business. They, 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 they really, you know, just do action and, and fight scenes like nobody else. And their character designs are always really solid. And their episode is, is one of the best ones. Well, all the ones I'm talking about are among the best ones. <laughs> and there's several others that, like, I, I hadn't heard of the studio, but, like, watching them, I was like, wow, this is really good. And I hope that you guys uh, go on to great things because some of the other studios aren't as well known uh this time around like for the first season of visions it was mostly anime studios so mostly studios in japan but this time around they had studios from like france and south africa and chile and uh like studio mirrors in korea and of course ardman's in the uk and uh i mentioned that cartoon saloon's an irish studio 
Um, so it was really interesting to see stuff from all around the world and to kind of see how the storytelling and the aesthetic is different from episode to episode. So yeah, I highly recommend it. I hope you check it out. I hope you enjoy it. And listeners, that goes for you too. Nice. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I do like being able to see like different styles of animation and different styles of storytelling and stuff in these sort of anthology type series. Well, the main way I celebrated May the 4th this year was that I started on a new Lego model, Uh which is, I think it's called the Emperor's Throne Room Diorama, something like that. Oh, yeah. You were telling me about this. Tell tell our listeners. Tell our listeners. Yeah. So this model is, I guess it's released this year to celebrate as part of their celebration of the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. Uh It's basically a little scene, a diorama of Luke facing off against Darth Vader with the Emperor, you know, sitting on his throne in the background watching. Yeah, so you get a good set of minifigs in it. Yeah. And the coolest thing about it, in fact, is actually that it was designed by my cousin, who is working for Lego as a designer, and this was his first project. Congratulations, Kyle's cousin. Yeah, I've mentioned this podcast to him once or twice. I don't know if he listens or not, but if so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just wanted to mention that, and it's, it's a really cool model. I'm enjoying it so far. I'm, I think, uh, you know, probably about 40% of the way through. And yeah, it's fun. Yeah. And we're always very optimistic about who might listen to our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, cool. All right. So um, speaking of our podcast, (laughs) should we talk about Doctor Who? Indeed. This episode, The Traitors, is the 13th episode of season three and the fourth episode of our current serial, The Daleks Master Plan. Lucky number 13. I suppose that's, Um, yeah, luckier than four. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I guess with many numerology things in (laughs) real life, too, if you just pick the right way of uh, calculating your numbers, you can end up on an interesting one. Yeah. Um, But uh, Kyle, um, for The Traitors, how did you watch it? So this was another loose cannon reconstruction, as you may have guessed. Yeah, I remember that you said that um, 75% of this serial is a reconstruction. And I I think by now, if we've been doing our math, we know this is probably an eight-episode serial with uh, six missing episodes and two, you know, non-missing ones. Right. This is the fourth of the serial, and we've had, what, I think only one so far that has not been a reconstruction so yeah so and uh when i'm doing my math i know that you said that half the episodes were written by somebody not terry nation and so far they've all been written by terry nation so in order to to hit our our numbers and make them line up um, uh-huh. we have to have at least eight episodes and i'm hoping this is a 16 <laughs> episode serial <laughs> and i i will say that this episode is in fact still terry nation 
Okay, so uh, I think we see how this is going. <laughs> I did read that apparently our current producer, John Wiles, decided not to employ John Cura, who's the guy who made the telesnaps. So there basically aren't any telesnaps of this serial or basically of most of John Wiles's era. <laughs> Dang. Uh, which uh, kind of sucks because these are the missing or uh-huh. among the most missing of the serials of the Doctor Who early stuff. Right. Of course, John Wiles is the same producer who fired Maureen O'Brien for being too snarky about the scripts. Yeah, we're still shaking our fists and saying, John! 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 So will you remind us of the Cliff Dingler? Um, yeah, this time I'll have an easier time of it because we just did it. <laughs> um, yeah, so our heroes are trying to escape the Daleks. We are on Mavic Chen's ship that we've stolen. Um, we just escaped from a prison planet and the Daleks are in pursuit, but luckily they landed badly, so we've got a bit of a head start on them. However, um, Katarina just looked into the um, airlock, I believe, and screamed... And we don't know what she saw, but it was our cliff dangler from last time. Right. It occurred to me just a moment ago that this episode and the previous episode both begin with basically Brett launching the ship. Yeah, I think I think we could probably like, you know, if we wanted to create a version of this serial that's uh, a little shorter, we could probably just completely cut out that last episode <laughs> and just go from the previous one to this one. Uh-huh. We pick up, you know, right where the cliff tangler left off. Brett is launching the ship. And the loose cannon reconstructionists do helpfully show us this time why Katarina is screaming, which is that there is a prison planet inhabitant, Kirkson, in the airlock. <laughs> is he covered in bats? <laughs> oh, we, we can only wish. Alas. Kirkson basically grabs Katarina and he holds a knife to her as... Oh, I, I guess he's in charge now. He has the <laughs> knife. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know if Boris and guards dropped it when they got electrocuted or what, but, but Kirkson's got the knife now. Such a shame that the person with the least interesting name of the bunch is the one that we carried into the next episode, but okay. Yeah. I'm also not really sure where he came from because he ran off in the other direction we electrocuted Boars and Garge and then immediately left, and somehow Kirkson's in the airlock. Yeah, at some point he turned around. <laughs> he probably, you know, ran around in circles trying to get away from the screamers. Yeah, probably. That's what they were called, right? Those bat The creatures. screamers, yeah. Cool. So he's holding a knife to Katarina, and he's demanding that Brett take the ship to Kemble. He's worried that if they go to Earth... He'll just get sent back to the Devil's Planet, Desperus. But, dude, you don't want to go to Kemble either. Yeah, Brett basically tells time. him. He's like, dude, Kemble sucks as bad as Desperus. Yeah. And Kirkson's like, No less as bad as Desperus! It is literally the worst planet in the universe, <laughs> so yes, it, it actually is. Uh-huh. Steven tells him that Daleks are on Kemble. And he's basically like, well, whoever the fuck they are, they'll probably help me. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> we cut to the Dalek control center 
where they confirm that the Earth vessel is on course 707, which I guess is like the space bus route to Earth. Mm. The Black Dalek orders another Dalek to contact Mavic Chen through secret communication red. Very cool. He must recapture the terranium and exterminate creatures who took it. Nice. Black then orders that the Dalek pursuit ship that followed the spar to Desperus should be destroyed because they failed in their mission. <laughs> uh, very cool. Uh-huh. That's that's good classic villainy right there. <laughs> we will not tolerate mistakes. Nice. On the spar, Brett and the Doctor tell Kirkson that they've changed course, but he doesn't believe it because he didn't feel the ship move or change at all. Yeah, bro, like, come on. Yeah, they keep trying to bluff him. It's not a very good attempt. But Steven, person of action, attacks him. While he still has the knife to Katarina? I think so, yeah. It's not entirely clear because of the reconstruction, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. I think Steven just kind of like jumps at him. Doesn't seem like the best idea, but uh, uh-huh. I guess I can admire that he's a person of action and hope that it works out. <laughs> but yeah, you, you, should, you probably shouldn't endanger the person you're trying to save when trying to yeah. save him. Well, it doesn't quite work out how Steven hopes. Kirkson is able to not only deflect Steven's attack, but he also like drags Katarina into the airlock with him and closes the inner door. Oh, dang. The doctor continues trying to bluff and basically tells him that if he doesn't bring Katarina back into the main part of the ship, they'll open the outer door and space him. Yikes. But Kirkson doesn't believe that the doctor would space Katarina, which would also happen. Yeah, I mean, that definitely is a bluff. Yeah. He tells the doctor that if they open the outer door... He'll press the inner door release and basically kill the whole ship as they go. That seems like a bad design if you can do that. Yeah, I would I have feel thought like that's that, probably not up to safety standards. Yeah, the ship should have like some safeguards to prevent that from happening, but Yeah, you would hope. Yeah. Brett doesn't want to change course. He, you know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And they really need to warn Earth about the Daleks' master plan before Mavic Chen and the Daleks get there. Yeah, that's kind of been Brett's whole thing this whole time. Yeah. So he and Steven are arguing about what to do. Steven wants to go back to Kemble, so, you know, Katarina will be safe, basically. Hmm. And as they argue, Katarina, in the airlock manages to break free of Kirkson's grasp. Oh, dang. Nice. Yeah. And she hits the door controls and spaces them both. Oh, shit. For real, though? Yeah, for real. Oh, wow. Yeah, like Stephen and Brett and the doctor basically all take a few moments of stunned silence. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Stephen thinks that like she pressed the wrong button maybe but the doctor thinks that she wanted to save everyone's lives wow 
he says that he hopes she has reached her place of perfection and he'll always remember her as one of the daughters of the gods. Wow. Dang. I, I, I did not see that coming. Yeah, it was, it was a surprise for sure. This is basically followed by a kind of a weird sequence that's about 30 or 35 seconds long that's just like, you know, spacey synth noises, essentially. Mm. And Katarina, like, floating through space pla- past a planet or two. And then we see Kirkson also floating through space past a different planet. I'm sort of picturing the uh, the scene in Among Us when you eject a crew member. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So, yeah, I have no idea, like, what was in the original episode at this point, but, you know, there's 35 seconds of episode soundtrack to fill, so Loose mm. Cannon gave us Katarina and Kirkson floating through space. Dang. Well, R.I.P., yeah, poor went out for a real one. Yeah, I guess in her mind she was dead all along, so hopefully at least it uh, wasn't too traumatic a death for her, I guess. Yeah, and Brett says that it, it would have been quick, so... Yeah, that's good. Still, dang. Yeah. Representative Trantis has gone to visit the Dalek Control Center... He is the representative of the largest of the outer galaxies. Cool. And he basically looks like he has leeches all over his face. (laughs) Uh, All right. (laughs) He's concerned that the Daleks haven't recovered the Terranium core of the Time Destructor yet. And I'm concerned that he has leeches all over his face, (laughs) so I guess we're all concerned here. Uh Uh-huh. He's also concerned that the Daleks show too much trust in Marek Chen. Well, this episode is called The Traitors, so uh, <laughs> I think he might be onto something. And the Black Dalek basically tells Trantis that Mavic Chen won't fail to recover the Terranium Core and return it to them. Also, Trantis, what a name. Yeah, totally. Black Dalek doesn't give Trantis, like, any reason to believe that Mavic Chen will recover the core, you know, right after Trantis is concerned about them showing Chen too much trust. They're just like, yeah, he'll get the job done. Sorry. They're just like, yeah, he will get the job done. Nice. Trantis wants details, but you know, Black Dalek just wants to give him reassurances. Basically. Give me the deets. I want deets. Representative Trantis. I dig it. I'm, I'm, I'm clapping and cheering over here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of almost on the Dalek side now. Yeah, let's conquer that universe. So the Spar is now approaching Earth. They apparently can't just like land in Earth's main parking lot, I guess. Because they also can't just like call them. Uh huh. You know, they're in like Mavic Chen's personal spaceship. A lot of people are going to recognize this ship. (laughs) 
They don't want to like park it in, you know, a public place necessarily. But Brett has a buddy that he thinks will help them. So he's going to go land the ship at the experimental plant that his buddy works at. Very cool. Mavic Chen is apparently already back on Earth. I guess he must have gotten ahead of them by not, you know, stopping at Desperus on the way. <laughs> that helps. And he's meeting with a couple of special security service personnel, including Lysan and Carlton, who's the head of special security service. I feel like there's some kind of rule in this uh, in this serial where we have to have at least one person with a completely bland, ordinary name. <laughs> and, you know, if you're going to have someone else with an interesting name. Uh-huh. They have figured out that Brett Vion is the traitor that they're looking for. He's the guy who has stolen Mavic Chen's ship, and they're projecting an image of him on screen. Well, I didn't know if it, I don't know if we knew that his name was Brett Vion before this, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know if we'd learned his last name earlier or not, but I like it. And he looks like that. Exactly like that. How could he look otherwise? Have you no faith in computerized data? Well, I know I have faith in computerized data uh -huh. as I sit here in front of my computer recording <laughs> the podcast. But yeah, apparently this projection that they're looking at isn't like a photo, I guess. It's a, a computer recreation based on like his genetics and shit. I'm just picturing some like, you know, very 90s green grid type of CG <laughs> model, you know, on a black background. Uh-huh. Well, I wish that I could say that that was what it was, but... You don't have to. I'm picturing it, and that's good <laughs> enough for me. They're working on creating a projection of Brett's partner, Gantry. <laughs> well, uh, you, you, you might not need to bother. <laughs> yeah, you might, not need, you might not need that one so much. <laughs> Chen sends Lysan to deliver his orders about capturing the traitors and like what to do when they capture them and that sort of thing. Cool. And when Lysan leaves and he and Carlton are alone together and continue talking, it becomes clear that Carlton is in on things with Chen. Oh, well, uh, uh, the. When, when when Carlton's name wasn't as cool as Lysan's, I think I should have already suspected that something <laughs> was up. Uh-huh. Hey folks, isn't this a good podcast? If you like what you hear, let us know. You can do that on social media or by email or by leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Another thing you can do if you like this show is let your friends know. Word of mouth is the best way for us to get new listeners. And now, back to the show. Brett starts taking the ship in for a landing at the experimental lab, but he's concerned about how weak the ship's drive force is. He says he might not be able to avoid a crash. Well, uh, it's a one-way trip anyway, so... <laughs> Although I have been wondering how we're going to get back to the planet where we left the TARDIS, but I guess that that's uh, something to be figured out later. Um, yeah, I guess they just like abandoned the TARDIS on Kemble 
And uh, I, I think it's such a shame that this is a missing episode that we don't get to see this experimental station because I'm just going to go ahead and picture all these cool-looking experimental spacecrafts mm-hmm. or maybe other types of technologies that are lying around. We cut to Mavic Chen in his office, basically, and he's, you know, kind of thinking to himself, he's upset about the terranium having been stolen because it was basically the only reason that he was allowed into the Dalek Master Plan Club. Man, they won't let me uh, attend their dinners anymore, and they're always so much fun, and the food's so delicious. Uh Uh-huh. Of course, you know, what he really wants is to control the universe, and so he thinks he needs to be, like, the Dalek's right-hand man, and they'll take over the universe, and then I guess maybe the Daleks won't be interested in governance, maybe, so they'll give it to Chen. Who knows? I see no flaw in this plan. Uh Uh-huh. Carlton sees a flaw, though. He's like, Surely Trantis will be first after the Daleks. Uh-oh. But Chen basically tells Carlton that Trantis sucks and nobody likes him. <laughs> well, uh, I got some good news and some bad news. <laughs> that might be true, but also the Daleks don't like you either. Uh-huh. Also, it occurs to me that now that we have Carlton, that means we have two traitors, because uh, there's Mavic Chen and Carlton. Oh, so that's true. We've uh, like met the quota for multiple traders, so we can have a plural trader in the title of the episode. Right. And they're referring to Brett and anyone who may be with him as a traitor. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who's the real traitor? Right. I mean, it's Mavic Chen, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chen thinks that the Daleks are probably going to want to kick Trantis out of the Master Plan Club. And Chen has his own master plan to help them do that. It's the master master plan. Right. So I guess that's how he's going to like be their, the Daleks' main guy or whatever. He's like, so you see, Carlton, when the Daleks don't like somebody, they have no uh, compulsion about simply wiping them out. <laughs> no hesitation or, uh, or any reason not to do so. And Carlton's uh-huh. like, hmm, okay, that's a... Uh, I'll keep that in mind. He asks Carlton about who's going to lead the mission to capture Brett Vion, and Carlton says that it's going to be Kingdom, which Chen's pretty pleased about. Kingdom! Ruthless, hard, efficient, and uh, does exactly as ordered. Quite. Nice. And Kingdom, that's a cool name for what I assume is some sort of special forces commando type figures so yeah totally i dig it carlton receives a phone call and after this call he informs chen that the traders have arrived but instead of landing at like the regular landing area they have crash landed at the experimental station nice apparently it wasn't that bad of a crash landing because Stephen and Brett and the doctor all seem to be uninjured as <laughs> they make their way into the facility, apparently narrowly avoiding a special security agent. Cool. Well, well stealthed. Uh-huh. Yeah, everyone rolled well that time. Excellent. Back in Mavic Chen's office, Kingdom reports to Chen, 
and this is Sarah Kingdom. She is wearing the special security service black uniform with the white sash, and she looks like she's descended from Princess Joanna of the Crusades. <laughs> uh, I like how um, if we keep we keep running into people's ancestors and descendants <laughs> and things uh -oh. on this show. <laughs> Um, also, what? The special <laughs> forces person is a woman? A woman? I, just, I assumed it would be a man. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, like that's a big reveal and everything. Of course. <laughs> but yeah, so Sarah Kingdom is here, played by Jean Marsh, who also played Princess Joanna. Very cool. She confirms to Mavic Chen that... There are three people she's going to capture that she saw. Rhett Byron and two strangers. They look as though they could come from Earth, but are oddly dressed. None of them can leave the plant. One of them looks like this old guy that uh, we have ancient family stories about. <laughs> I feel like his friend or his companion got knighted in our family stories. But uh, this is a different one now. <laughs> <laughs> Chen says that there's something she should know before she goes, but we cut away before he tells her what it is. What could it be? What a mystery. In the experimental plant, Brett, Stephen, and the doctor are waiting for Brett's friend Daxter in Daxter's office. Daxter. Yeah, the doctor is concerned. He points out that they have just crash-landed the personal ship that belongs to, like, the main political leader of the solar system. And probably somebody noticed. The doctor's like, man, we are going to get such a ticket for this. <laughs> uh-huh. Don't know if I'm going to be able to flirt my way out of this one. No amount of cocoa is going to get me out of this <laughs> ticket. <laughs> Brett rightly points out that Mavic Chen is probably back on Earth by now and that, you know, like based on special security service records, he would have figured out that Brett was the person on Kemble who stole the ship. So probably they're all wanted men now. Yep. That's a, that's a pretty good assumption there. Uh-huh. Well surmised. The doctor is also worried about the fact that, you know, they broke into this facility, basically, and made it to Daxter's office, but they have not seen any scientists or staff or anybody in this facility. So he's... <laughs> And, and uh, Stephen's like, no, that's okay, we just didn't have the budget to hire the extras. <laughs> uh <laughs> the doctor's worried that it's an ambush. But Brett says that Daxter is the only person who will believe their story. And just then... What story? Says Daxter from the doorway of the office. Yay, Daxter. I'm, uh, I, I'm picturing a big jovial four-armed alien with a little mustache. <laughs> yeah, we'll just stick with that. Like Obi-Wan's buddy from Attack of the Clones. Hello, Dex. We cut back to Mavic Chen, who is finishing up his briefing for Sarah Kingdom. He has apparently been able to convey 
to her the need to safely recover the Terranium, and he's done this without mentioning the Daleks or the Dalek Master Plan Club at all. He's like, yeah, I just uh, had it with me when mm-hmm. I went out on vacation. It helps me <laughs> sleep. I put it under my pillow. <laughs> After she leaves, Carlton mentions that like he almost thought Shen was going to tell her all about everything. But Shen's like, dude, no, you idiot. No one else can know about this plan. Mm, I think it's interesting that this uh, young woman is not being told that we're evil so she can still believe that she's doing the right thing so that she might still be a good person because there's an opening <laughs> on our party for uh-huh. a capable young woman. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Back in Daxter's office, the doctor, Brett, and Stephen are finishing up their story of everything that's happened up to this point. The doctor concludes, And then he gave a rather pompous speech of self-satisfaction and handed over the core of the time destructor to the Daleks. Wow, it uh, takes one to know one there, Doctor. (laughs) Uh When it comes to being pompous and (laughs) self-satisfied. They discuss Chen's motives a little bit, which of course is to have even more power than he already has. Just, you know, a small corner of the galaxy is not enough. Yeah. Can you blame him? I mean, honestly. Yeah, totally. The doctor says that he and Stephen need to get back to Kemble to retrieve something valuable. And Daxter's like, You didn't leave the Terranium there? No. That's over the T, though. <laughs> well, the thing is, that was a mistake on Daxter's part because the doctor never actually mentioned Terranium specifically. Oh, the traitors. There's there's many different traitors in this episode. Uh-huh. The doctor points this out, that he never mentioned Terranium. Daxter tries to play it off as if, like, one of them did mention it, but the doctor insists that he didn't and that no one did. Brett basically becomes convinced that Daxter's a traitor, even though Brett and Daxter have been friends for years and years. Okay, I'm no longer I'm no longer picturing Daxter or Daxstar or whatever this guy's name is as a friendly Besilisk. <laughs> and yeah, so Brett basically pulls his gun out and the gun makes a sci-fi noise and Daxter screams until he dies. Wow, uh, I guess he was pretty sure that this guy was a traitor. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> this pisses the doctor off, though. You brainless idiot! How many times have I told you about taking lives? We have other ways and means of dealing with evildoers. Yeah, how many times have you told him about taking lives? I know I know the doctor at one point mentioned he doesn't like to take lives, but uh, has he actually <laughs> talked to um, to Brett about it? I don't think he has really, other than just saying that he doesn't like to. Yeah, doctor. The Daleks get a message from Earth saying that Mavic Chen has almost recaptured the Terranium. And he'll be back on Kemble with it in two days. That's optimistic. Uh-huh. This message also says that 
He thinks it was stolen by people under the leadership of Trantis from the Tenth Galaxy. <laughs> yeah, I guess you might as well <laughs> try that out. <laughs> uh-huh. Trantis is like, that's bullshit. He's just jealous of my power. Mm. And the Black Dalek is like, When my fiction returns, we shall discover the truth. By then, those who stole the geranium will have been identified and exterminated. Also, the Black Dalek's like, dude, I'm planning on killing all of y'all anyway, so uh, <laughs> makes no difference to me. Yeah, seriously. The Dalek Master Plan Club is not a long-term club. <laughs> Brett, Stephen, and the Doctor are trying to figure out what they should do next. Brett wants to make his way into the security building so he can send out this warning that he's been wanting to send for, like, what, four episodes now? Yeah, let the man send his warning already. But no one really has any good ideas for how he could get into the security building. And just then, Sarah Kingdom shows up. Dun dun dun. She and Brett, like, clearly recognize each other. Oh, are we talking about, like, um, Sarah? <laughs> Brera? <laughs> <laughs> Unclear yet. Bringdom? Bringdom? Vi- Vyingdom? We'll work on it. Yeah. <laughs> Just the person we need. I doubt that. Which of you has the Terranium? I don't know. This is, this is feeling a little shippy already. <laughs> You're just the person I need. And they uh-huh. gaze into each other's eyes. <laughs> as she sticks a gun against his ribs. <laughs> but in a sexy way. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> There's there's a brief struggle. Stephen and the doctor, I guess, manage to get away, but Sarah gets Brett cornered. He asks her to listen. He wants to explain what's going on, but she just keeps demanding the Terranium. She's not going to listen. Brett starts to worry that she's a traitor or she's on Mavic Chen's side, so he pulls his gun out. But Sarah's faster than he is, and he gets sci-fi noise zapped. Oh, well, that ship didn't last long. Nope, not long at all. I don't suppose she had a stun setting. Uh, it does. If she did, she does not appear to have used it. (laughs) Oh, well. Still kind of sexy, though. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) She searches the body, and, of course... The Terranium is not on it. He didn't have it. So she calls this nearby guard, Borkar. Nice. And orders all of the exits to be guarded and orders for the other fugitives to be shot on sight. But aim for the head. Wow. And as she gives that order, the words next episode counterplot appear on screen. Awesome. Not not uh, Terranation's strongest title, I think. Also, the traitors. Uh, 
leaves a little something to be desired. But you know, yeah, it, it, as as an evocative title with an interesting premise, I think it still works. Same with yeah. counterplot. You know, you got your plots and you got your counterplots. So, and you know, uh, the, the traitors actually tied in like pretty well to what happened in the episode, which doesn't always happen with Terry Nation titles. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. Well, that was interesting. Um, I can only imagine how painful it is to watch these via not even telesnap reconstructions, but it's fun to listen to and it's uh, an interesting enough story. So curious to see what happens next. Yeah. Yeah, this was definitely an interesting one. I will say that the reconstructions are are pretty good for what they are. Um, I think they had a, a fair amount of like production stills to work from and take images from. And, you know, they can take some imagery from the non-missing episodes and like the the clips, the few clips we have of missing episodes. Hmm. Um, yeah, so they're they're not bad, actually. <laughs> you're, uh, you're a very brave man, Kyle, and I admire you. So, oh, cool. first companion death. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I gotta admit, like when you said that, that she hits the button and they, they both go out in space, there was for a while there I was still waiting for like, okay, well, how are they gonna save her, or how is this gonna play out where she's gonna be fine? And it's like, no, no, no. Now we're just kind of watching her body float through space. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of wild actually. So what did she say to uh, our producer, John? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Jeez. Basically, what I read about her departure was that they just kind of realized that having a companion from Greek and Trojan times just wasn't really going to work. Like, she's too much of a fish out of water, mm. which I guess, like, that makes sense from a story perspective, I feel like they could have tried a little harder, though. Yeah, like, I think there are definitely a lot of interesting stories that could be told. I mean, you know, she can pick stuff up. Uh-huh. I also read that when Terry Nation wrote it, I guess he was still under the impression that Vicky was part of the cast, and so he actually wrote it as Vicky sacrificing herself to save everyone else. Oh, shit. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. also kind of weird and interesting. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know how these uh, how these producers and writers in the 1960s thought about their female characters and writing them off the show and or killing them off. So yeah, who knows? Who knows? I guess. Yeah, and of course, Brett also dies in this episode. I don't. I, I, I mean, he wasn't really a companion. Yeah. Like, I think. I think he's just been. If if a character is just part of one serial, I don't think they're a companion. I think they have to be part of the group across multiple serials. Yeah, I think that's fair. Katarina crossed. Yeah, she barely from, qualifies. Yeah, from Mythmakers into Dalek's Master Plan, yeah. and like, yeah, Brett is never even aboard the TARDIS. Yeah, you definitely like, have to. Yeah. You definitely have to ride the TARDIS at least once to be a companion. That's or wait, 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 wait. He is aboard the TARDIS because oh, you're right, he gets put in the, in the doctor's chair, but he never. Yeah, yeah. He never travels on the TARDIS. Okay, that's the rule now. That's the rule. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, um, interesting episode, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of these things where, like, her death was just so strange. I just don't even really know what to say about it. Yeah. Um, kind of unexpected, and and. 
weirdly, um, I don't want to say pointless, but just just kind of a strange moment. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, I did. I did want to mention that the reconstruction of this episode actually features video footage of the scene leading up to her death, hmm. although not not the death itself. Hmm. I guess there were. You know, there were also a few other short bits of actual video footage in this episode as well. And apparently these clips were all from a show called Blue Peter, which I've was that. Yeah, yeah. a very long running. I think it's actually still running kids variety show basically on the BBC. And in 1973, the BBC loaned this episode to Blue Peter because Blue Peter was doing like a Doctor Who 10th anniversary show. Interesting. So, yeah, these clips, I guess, are in the reconstruction having been harvested from Blue Peter. As much as it sucks that we've lost so many Doctor Who episodes and it does suck, I, I always find the stories of how these clips and episodes resurface really yeah. fascinating because it, it's almost like happenstance or yeah, totally. just luck in a bunch of these cases. And on th that note, I will say that apparently this episode that the BBC loaned to Blue Peter was never returned by Blue Peter to the BBC. And what <laughs> I read is that nobody knows what happened to it. So they might recover it still today, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. hopefully. All right, well... Thank you to Circuit23 for the theme song he designed for us. You can find his album, Men's Vermis, at Bandcamp, and you can listen to his other music on SoundCloud. There will be links in the show notes. And you can email him at circuit.23 at gmail.com. Thank you, Kyle, for watching Doctor Who and telling me all about it. And thank you, Benny, for listening to me talk all about Doctor Who. And thank you, listeners, for listening to me, listening to Kyle, talk about Doctor Who. You can always email us at thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com, and you can tweet us at doctorwatcher on the Twitters. And if you love our show, don't forget to share, rate, and review. Um, word of mouth is always the best way to get the word out about our show, so if you like us, tell a friend um, secretly subscribe their device to our <laughs> podcast uh -huh. or you know if you're going on a long road trip just play a bunch of our episodes so that they become fans of the show just play the good episodes please <laughs> we obey we obey alright y'all see you in two weeks come back in two weeks for the counterplot bye bye understand that it's absolutely essential that this M of Turanium is returned to me. Of course. Every precaution for its safety will be taken. Good. See to it. She actually believed you. Of course. I thought for a moment you were really going to tell her about the Daleks. Oh, come. We need that Turanium back. But we can't allow any more people to know the plan. 
I was watching her all the time. She never doubted anything, even momentarily. A good security agent. A heroic war cry to apparently peaceful ends is one of the greatest weapons a politician has. 